0: Hello, everyone. We welcome you to our Sunday morning roundtable discussion. So glad you all could join us. We are recording from the Plainfield Christian Science Church Independent, Plainfield, New Jersey, the United States of America. And we were will be very happy to start with our morning prayer.
1: All right. I'm reading from page two and 221, um, both from uh, Divinity Course in General Collectania. Abide in the 91st Psalm and know that such abiding is treatment and protection. There is nothing that can make laws or influence you. There is but one mind, and that is love. Do not give life to evil by attaching it to a person or thing, it cannot live without a body man is immortal one there is but one infinite manifestation no error can attach itself to man and why deceive ourselves by thinking it can do so every manifestation of life is ever present and omnipresent good and this carries within itself all healing sustaining know that the kingdom of heaven is within you, and this is your armor, Trust in God. God is life. God is infinite. Therefore, if we are the image and likeness of infinity, we have no beginning and no end, and are his image and likeness. That is my life insurance. Mary Baker Eddy. Thank you.
0: Yes.
2: Mm.
0: Yeah. Mm. All right, our watching point, Karen. Okay, now I'm watching point
3: 392. Watch that you rise to meet the claim of advancing age <clears throat> by alertness and activity. Sometimes it helps to call it witchcraft, since that is what it is. Someone has written, age is a condition not an indestructible fact, and it can be made just as apparent at 25 as it is supposed to be at 75, and is, therefore, to be courted or avoided as you like. One destructive force to youthfulness is constantly to allude to yourself as growing old, or feeling old, or as being too old for this, that, or the other thing. powerful youth-giving thought for you to keep steadily before your mental vision is that you are never too old for anything that life may bring to you. By this habitual allusion to yourself as having become incapacitated, you actually put the age limit upon your efforts <clears throat> and from repetition to others, oblige them to do the same for you. Not only should you refrain from such suggestions. But you should not permit the idea even to find lodgment in your own brain. The instant the timid thought shadows your mind and you find yourself about to say, I cannot, I dare not do this thing, you should feel firmly and reassuringly assert that you have always done it and do
4: it
0: well. Thank you and comments on that. Oh, I love that, that you have to be active
2: and actively working against this thought, and you know, timid thoughts, no, it just made me really want to fight back and just say, especially like, you've always done it, and you do it well. It's very subtle. It reminds me of a story I heard about a culture where the men were to thought to get stronger and stronger the older they got, and they would actually outrun the Eighty-year-olds uh, would outrun the twenty-year-olds. I have not been able to find this culture sense, but they didn't. They believed that you got stronger, faster, and more uh, athletic as the older. So it, sh- it shows you how.
4: We're just going to have to demonstrate it. Since yeah, you can't find it. Yeah. <laughs> I remember reading
2: about it. it was so funny because the men would just outrun the twenty-year-olds, the eighty-year-olds.
0: <laughs> That's great. Thank you.
5: That's pretty inspiring.
0: Yes. <laughs> yeah.
5: Well, you know, you heard the old saying, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Well, the cure to that Mm. is don't be an old dog.
2: That's right.
5: So there's so many new things to learn. We should relish the opportunity to learn new things, have an interest in things. Right. uh, And love it. You know, love never grows old. So there you go. Thank you.
0: That's
3: beautiful. Thank you. Yes. And another thing about old age, it seems like as we go that our we don't realize sometimes how our world is getting smaller when it really should be getting larger and larger and larger and and I've I've realized that. It's been mentioned a few times and things, but we don't want our lives um, even if our activities get maybe not as active as when we were, you know, in our early twenties or thirties. But it doesn't mean our world has to get smaller and more into ourselves. We should still be thinking outward and, and, um, you know, that should never happen either. Thank you.
0: What about the referral to witchcraft? It's perfect because it's a spell.
1: Great. Because it's a works of the flesh, you know, witchcraft is. And so if we call it that, I think it shocks you more into realizing what its life is not than you know yeah. if we don't. I like it. I like that.
0: Yes, I do too. It shocks you out of it. Um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Not dealing with some little thing here. It is its use of spells, um, black magic, and it also definition of witchcraft is intercourse with the devil.
1: Huh. Evil all the time. Uh,
0: and there are many definitions of intercourse, but one is to have a conversation communicating with it. So let's make sure our communication is with the one God, <laughs> nothing else. Someone, I think it might've been Misha Elon in Canada. She was saying she'd read that whole watching point. It's a long watching point and it's a really good one. And of course we can't put the whole one. We don't usually put the whole one posted up and I'm grateful Karen makes it shorter for us. Uh, One of the things it certainly does say about it is the disinclination to go out among people finally produces a physical disability to do so.
2: Uh
0: And you know, right now with all this stuff, pandemic and everything, and people telling you not to go out or see people or stay home, you've got to overcome that tendency to just want to molder. This time of year, we used to talk about, and it, this is maybe more appropriate for the northeast of our country anyway, uh, the, the January doldrums. What is that?
4: Everything's really huh. cold and gray outside.
0: Yeah, cold and gray outside and you feel like hibernating and you, you know, uh, uh, yeah, it, maybe this idea of depression.
6: Well, yeah, what it is, is that it's a post-holiday letdown, right? Because the holidays, you know, are built up something to look forward to, keep you active. But if it's not a holy holiday, you run the risk of being, you know, let down. Because once it's over, you're looking around. And you're thinking, well, what's next? You know, we have to, that's why we have to keep the holiday holy and then keep every day holy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's also, um, please go
0: ahead.
2: It's also a belief that the weather can have an effect on our life and our consciousness.
0: Thank you very Mm -hmm. much. Yes. Yes. It's 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 really
1: looking for joy or a thing in matter. Um, if we are not, and we've lived it, we've actually lived it, then it's all in God. So it's always present, no?
0: That's it. Yeah. You know, you think of it, it's a malpractice on the beautiful months of, of January and February. They're beautiful months. Um, and yet a lot of people... Dread them. I used to dread them, and that's—it's uh, not God's plan. This is God's hour. This is God's time, and everything is beautiful in His season, right? All things are. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
4: So. Yeah. Yeah, I dreaded them for a long time because I was always driving back and forth to get my kids in Connecticut and. You know, always like, oh, I hope it doesn't snow. You know, I and mean, why are they getting in the way? <laughs> now I don't have to worry about that, so I can just enjoy it. <laughs> yes. And the other day, it was, you know, of course it's cold and gray out, but this fox came through, and he, because he was so bright orange, he just, he just looked like he was a flame.
0: Oh, the fox! <laughs> uh, yeah, I winter know. fox. Your pet
4: fox. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> <good> <clears throat> And, and dark and gray, gray outside, but what's in my thought? But I think that's important. It's been important for me.
0: That's it. And we have the time change, so it gets dark an hour earlier than it does in the summertime. So the belief is you want to just sleep because you think it's bedtime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so You have to work actively.
5: There's not that article, radiation or absorption. You know, don't fall for absorbing whatever the world wants to throw at you. We're here for a purpose, and that is to radiate God's love.
0: Yes. Yes. So, but this takes um, overcoming the false beliefs about it and doing it with joy and vigor and not listening to the suggestions. Um, I've given, uh, maybe I've given it last week even, I don't know, but it's a hymn that I like so much, hymn 35, about dark and cheerless is the morn uncompanion lord by thee joyless is the day's return tell thy mercy's beams i see tell they inward light impart glad my eyes and warm my heart so when we're accompanied with by god how could anything feel dreary or in any way it's impossible this little light of mine i'm going to let it shine so we we let it Uh so okay that was one of the things um this inclination to go out among people and then another was um a sense of humor is a divine gift and when you get call them curmudgeons right (laughs) old and grumpy We keep our humor, we keep, Mrs. Eddie says, you keep your grin ahead of your (laughs) groan. So we keep our humor, our love of life, getting out, enjoying things. Um, And we we have been taught here that uh, it doesn't matter what age you are, you know, you can get old when you're 20 if you're an old, dour curmudgeon So you keep at it, keep joyful, whatever age you are, (laughs) and things will be just great. And, of course, our subject this week is life. Since I didn't announce that. Was someone else wanted to speak to this? Okay, well, it's a good watching point for the lesson life. And um, now we will uh, have our golden text will keep your light keep your light so shine before let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father which is in heaven thank you all right so let's see susan here she wrote to that on the forum Mm yes okay susan you want to yeah i um
3: I really liked the golden text and also Mill Young's article, God is Individual Consciousness, because it really corresponds well with that golden text in that the Christ is the mind of every man and it's not personal and it's not our job to convince people, but to work and live it and know it ourselves. And when we do that, we're the light. Thank you. Thank
1: you.
0: Anyone else?
6: And what is your light that's so shining when it shines?
1: What's my thought when I go out there? What am I knowing when I go out there?
6: Yeah, because yeah, because if your light is shining, your light is your understanding of who you are as the image and likeness of God, right? Mm
2: -hmm.
6: Because if I don't start by basing everything I do and say and think on the fact that I am God's image and likeness, then my premise is wrong and I'm not gonna be a light. But that light is the light of understanding. that God gives to each one of us, if we will accept it.
0: Yeah, the light is it comes only by reflection, right? It's the light of God, it comes only by reflection. So we have to maintain that reflection and keep it. Um, Louise said an article called Glorify Your Father referring to the golden text and in it it says the motive for letting one's light shine must be altogether unselfish right because everyone that exalts himself shall be abased <coughs> even in in reflection and letting our light shine we have to make sure we know it is not us but only god and not try to think that we're great oh look at me i'm shining my light i'm real i'm really good <laughs> it's it's amazing how eric can try to trip you up excuse me is there a problem or-
4: i think somebody hit the power switch under the table so oh. Oh. are we off I
2: can, I can hear you oh yeah, yeah.
4: We're, we're okay because we're on battery power at the moment so. <laughs>
6: Uh, it's just uh
0: Mm -hmm. all right
5: well that's one thing about the golden text that struck me so strongly that if somebody saw your light they would not glorify you but rather glorify the father that it's an enormous point
0: thank you It's all about him it's all about him and when we know it's all about him we we can maintain our light and it's not going up and down or all around so i love what adam dickey says in his article
2: possession nothing belongs to us everything belongs to god and that is so helpful to me
0: yes yep we own nothing it's all gods and this was something this was a very beautiful article that carrie sent And I love this analogy with with an orchestra. Um, It says, the illustration of an orchestra with its many sweetened instruments brings out musical harmony, is helpful. Each one realizes that he is responsible only for his own part in the work. He does not watch his neighbor, though he may be playing the same kind of instrument nor does he suggest to his neighbor how he shall play. His whole thought and purpose is to gain a clear understanding of the music before him. In order to do this, he is obedient to the director of the orchestra, regardful of every movement of the baton, so that no discord will be manifested as a result of his work. Now isn't that true? It's great. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I used be- to play an orchestra. And you you can't sit there and be watching what the other person is doing.
1: Easy body.
0: Yeah.
6: Have you ever seen an orchestra with more than one director? <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, and we've never seen a universe with more than one God, have we? No. We if never. we
1: do ours well, you know, then it all comes together well. <laughs> um.
0: Yes, if we do our part well, it all comes together well. And And yeah, you're not sitting there playing something telling the other person how they should be playing you 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 would mess your own self up right mm-hmm. you can't do two things at once for yourself yeah. isn't
4: it? no you <laughs> so focus you. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. bruce and i were just talking about that before about <coughs> teachers saying eyes on your own paper
6: just <laughs> <laughs> well and that's why in the golden text it says let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. It doesn't say that that they may hear your good words,
0: <laughs>
6: but that they may see your good works.
0: Yes, yeah, so so I just love to think of that. And as Gary said, yeah, there's not that wouldn't be that funny if there was more than one director up there. <laughs> <laughs> <But> was. <anyways. laughs> So the one director and we all have to keep our thought and our gaze on him only and not on what everybody else is doing or not doing and how you compare and and all of this stuff but what are you doing So anyway um <clears throat> and then the idea that every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the father of lights with whom is no variableness neither shadow of turning so we do not have to uh with god there's a it's a it is a fixed principle and it's not this way and that way um i thought how you know people are just thinking the government now is going to find the solution to all these problems, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> no. <Nope. Yeah>. Uh-huh. <laughs> Look what we have. There's only the one solution, and that's God. And in that, there's no changing around or ups and downs or this way or that way. It's it's peace. I mean, boy. Go uh-huh. ahead. No, I
1: said only God. That's it. That's all I'm looking to uh-huh.
0: Yes, only God. And that, that brings us peace.
5: Most of these things after problems in the communities get together and and help pick up ones that need it instead of some big government.
0: That's exactly right. Thank you. That is very important to understand that. It's it's always been that. It's always been it's <clears throat> always been the churches for help, real help. I know that was true in the storm of katina is that what it is? katina katrina. Katrina. katrina yeah katrina it was, it was the churches that came and helped the government it's all this red tape and stuff
6: fema was not much help
0: no uh-uh. so this is why we and this is why we do help our own neighbors right you have to help our own neighbors take care of each other look out for each other that once every every town had a church, church steeple. It was the center of the community, and it must be for us as well. So any more comments on that? Well, I'm using this in
2: everyday activities. Um, I'm finding myself going, thinking, do I have something, and immediately turning or saying, I don't know if I have instead of saying I know that I have everything that I always need so I'm trying I'm working very hard to change my thought from starting with the negative to starting with God always supplies everything I need whether it's a ziplock bag or a huge idea and I'm learning that when I start with the smallest activities in my life that that builds and that will open me up and allow God to give me truly the big, what I seem to think are the big things in my life.
0: Yes.
1: Yeah.
0: And when we recognize Mm. all the small things and are truly grateful for them, we will get bigger things, but you have to be truly grateful and not for the things, but for God, who is the giver of all good, the source of the whole everything.
2: Absolutely. That I have everything by the grace of God, big or small, big and small.
6: (laughs) And that is being faithful in the small things. Uh And if you will, you will become master of all things.
2: And starting with the positive, the good, the all, starting with God, instead of starting with the negative is also the key to
5: it.
1: Yes, that is so important, really, because it's a lot beating yourself down. No, I'm no good. You know, I I have to reach out up there instead of recognizing that right here, right now, am I this the reflection of God, the manifestation of God? He has promised that He's with us always. It's a promise in the Bible.
5: So. Yep.
2: It's beautiful. Thank you. And all of the promises in this week's lesson are so beautiful and me holding on to the fact that each of those promises are true. It's it, its just a wonderful lesson
4: this week. I'm very grateful. Thank you. Jeremy. You just don't want to start with that conversation with the devil,
2: right?
4: away, Right. <laughs> yes. He's going to give you 40, 40, fears that you have to handle. So.
0: That's right. <laughs> yeah, I love this Sorry.
2: quote. I love this quote from James um, for James one seventeen. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. And always makes me think of when you're thinking about gifts for Christmas. And that the perfect gifts come down from the Father of Lights. And then it all extends into January as a season of light. Those perfect gifts have grown brighter and brighter and um, light up the part after Christmas. And so that it's not a letdown, it's a sparkling
6: lighted time of, uh, of the Father of Lights.
0: Oh, that's beautiful. Thank
6: you. Yeah, because you have made the holiday a holy day.
0: Yeah.
6: It's exactly as it should
2: be. And you take the Christ with you. And he goes up he goes before you to prepare
0: the way. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Okay, Zary wanted to say something. Yeah, what I wanted to say is that this week's lesson is really beautiful. And this is a time that I noticed as an artist, you know, January is also a good time to just read the lesson, reflect on it and paint. You know, God gives us so many blessings of expression and these, these blessings we can share with each other. And uh, this is something I think that's really important, this love that comes from God, because every talent that God has given us, we have to use well, just like healing. It's a form of healing as well. Thank you. Yes, it is. And that is letting your light shine. Yes, definitely. Thank you. And that keeps us happy and joyous and uh, ageless, ageless being. Yes. (laughs) So thank you, Zeri. Um, And we all know here we start the morning first thing with God being our mind, our only mind, the only pure and perfect mind, and, and then God being our life. The only life, the only pure and perfect life. We have to know our life isn't in this so-called human body. It is in God. It's how we can get up and do the things we need to. So it's most important, and I've given this many times from the Red Book on 74, but instead of being bound for the grave, we must know we are on the internal road of life that has not even a sense of death. Mary Baker Eddy. The internal, think of it, isn't that a happy road? (laughs) The yellow brick road? It's a happy road with even no sense of death. It's an eternal road of life. And that's what's given to all of us. Now, this was also an interesting article by that Carrie sent that I'd like to share, more at the beginning than the end. And it's about working out your own salvation. And it's by someone named H in a 1900 issue of the journal. A certain rich man had a large, beautiful estate covering many acres of ground. It was laid out with nice walks and planted with choice flowers and fine shrubs. Not a weed was to be seen. All was as perfect as money and labor could make it. The house was built of best material and furnished throughout with costly and tasteful fittings. He was called away on business. He discharged discharged all his servants, locked up his house, closed the grounds against all intrusion and departed. He was gone several years and when he returned, he found his once beautiful place overgrown with weeds and wild brush. The flowers and shrubs seemingly choked out by them. The house was decayed and the furnitures, furnishings moldy and rotten. He viewed the ruins thoughtfully and then said, "This house and grounds are mine, but this condition of things is not mine and does not belong to me, and I deny their right to be here. But would this denial remove them? No, <laughs> okay. Don't we do this? Would the fact that they did not did not belong there remove them? No. Would the people of the town or city come forward and offer to remove them nope he must hire labor and at his own expense remove and refit if he wanted his property to resume its former perfect condition during centuries of material thought our lives have become filled with material ideas which do not belong to our perfect condition we must not only deny But we must root out the material thoughts and replace them with a spiritual thought. And this will take weeks, months, and years of hard work and watchful work. Destroying an era is not the work of a moment. You may push it out of sight, but it reappears. You pluck off the blossoms, but it blooms again. You break the whole weed, but leave the roots, and they grow another weed. You pull up the root, but it has many roots and enough are left to start another plant and so you must keep faithfully and prayerfully at work until every root is destroyed and even then you must watch and pray lest you again enter into temptation many <laughs> of you experience this
2: <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's why mrs eddie talks about oh stupid gardener right Yes. yeah you know it is good it, it and of course we do declare the truth but sometimes people will declare the truth okay you don't belong here you you're, you don't belong here but you've got to do more than just that you've got to make sure you are pulling up that what was it called which
1: which oh, weed? Grass? Which, um, weasel,
0: which? which weed, I think, or something like that. Anyway, pulling it up, devil keeping grass? it. Yep.
5: There's one called devil grass.
0: Devil grass. Okay, <laughs> well, whatever it is, you got to keep it pulled up and cleared out. And and again, keeping your joy and, and not be led into that temptation to go down that road again. No. So, anyway, I thought it made a good point to think about. So what reading. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Florence.
1: No, what you do is the pouring in of the truth is what you described just there. Instead of, you know, you don't just pull out the weeds, you don't leave it empty. Then you pour in the truth. A lot of, and we know a lot from thank God, and all the articles and so on give us a lot to fill our thoughts with. It says your thought is full of the truth. It has no, there's no space left for anything to grow or to be brought in.
0: Thank you. Exactly right. And that's what our leader says, right? Mm-hmm. In this.
5: Yeah. And you know, the work it takes to clean up your act should be a joyous work. And uh, there's no shame attached to it. You should love to do it and be glad to do it and love it and be joyous about it.
0: Thank you. Yes, we all have our own little gardens to work in, and and that's the garden we do work in, and we don't complain about our garden or wish we had another garden or, or upset because someone's garden is better than ours or <laughs> whatever. <laughs> we just keep, keep, keep on our own little garden, working away and making it as bright and beautiful mm-hmm. and full of flowers as possible.
4: For his glory.
0: Yes, only for his glory.
4: It, when... When my kids were younger i used to let them know that you know everybody has their own burden you, you gotta be you gotta be aware of that but it wasn't until later after actually after coming here that i i would tell them too that everybody has their own perks you know they you might see this one side of them that looks like it's not doing too well but they have other really good things you know these good gifts so thank you it's good to know that
0: it is it is and we we work on our own gifts and bringing out the gifts of others and supporting those gifts. And that's in, that's in the responsive reading too, isn't it? We made us all apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, there's just all kinds of us. And isn't that great?
6: And to see that in everyone is what it means to love your neighbor as yourself.
0: Also, um, along this january lines um some people have called i know with well they spent a lot of time over the holy days with family <laughs> and uh, that can be good but it also can sometimes leave a, a residue if you're not careful again what we're talking about comparing or seeing what someone else is doing and even though while you're in that atmosphere you might not think you're doing it then you get home and you feel Yuck. <laughs> I feel like you need a shower or something. <laughs> As you've just taken in the this materialistic thinking that really, we must go back to what Mrs. Eddie's this week's lesson in science, man is the offspring of what? God. Spirit. Oh, yes. Man is the offspring of spirit. Yes. And what mm. constitutes our ancestry? A beautiful good, beautiful good beautiful. and the true. Yes, and I just love it. <clears throat> it's wonderful. That's what that's what it is. That's what it is. And and remember so if you're finding you need a shower after all that, remember who and what you are. God is your father, and mother, and all the beautiful good and pure is yours by divine right. And we're all brothers and sisters in in God. But we love each other in that way, and Jesus said, "Call no man what Your father." Yes, he renounced those material ties, and this was why you need to. He said, "Who who was his father, mother, sister, brother?"
4: This will do the little.
0: Don't you
3: do the work of the God
0: one? Yes, yes. <laughs> And maybe that's your family, maybe that isn't your family, it doesn't really matter. But the thing is to just purify your thought from all of this and know it's God is your mother, father. And know that um, I love the fact I've mentioned it many times. Jesus called God almost always what did he call God? Papa. Papa. Father. 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 You have that close father. connection. And then this beautiful story, um, it's on the Bliss Knapp book, and I've given it to but I i could read it every day. On page 45 of the Bliss Knapp book, after Mrs. Eddy's return to Concord, New Hampshire, Mr. Knapp was asked to search again for the home which Mrs. Eddy knew God had prepared for her. Early in December, 1891, she herself was led to a beautiful tract of land on the outskirts of Concord, which she purchased. She named her home Pleasant View. And in writing to Mr. Knapp about it, she said she had longed for a home by the seaside, but instead God had prepared it on a hillside. She wrote, quote, my house stands upon a very sightly hill and the sides remind me of the galilean slopes where my brother walked and wept and prayed she had such a sense and love of god and of christ jesus that christ jesus was her brother and you can feel it and we must feel it too God is our father, mother, Christ is our brother. That closeness, when you have that closeness, that that removes any of this yearning for some human relationship that you think you need. And then this beautiful quote from Miscellaneous Writings. God is our father and our mother, our minister, and the great physician he is man's only real relative on earth and in heaven david sang whom have i in heaven but thee and there is none upon earth that i desire beside thee <laughs> That is the truth of our being, God being our only relative. And if we get into thinking we have other relatives and people we're responsible for, that's why Mrs. Evans called it the bloody holidays. It doesn't just take the holidays for that to happen. But you get into that stuff and you will reap what you have sown. And you've got to purify and clarify your thought knowing this truth. It's more important, we who name the name of Christian science, that we do it. Because this is a huge teaching, isn't it, of Christ Jesus. Yes. So if you think you can get away not doing it, you're going to fall into the human sense of things and and have, like that guy who left his house, (laughs) have a lot of weeds to pull up. I know, goodness, I've done it. And it's not a lot of fun. And this doesn't mean we love our family less, our so-called human family. It means we love them more because we've impersonalized our love.
6: We, we do them more good this way than we could ever do through human do-goody. I
1: think that will also let us be less uh, quick to attach <laughs> errors to them. Yes, if we see them this way correctly.
5: We stir the the muddy riverbed in order to to heal sometimes. Yes, because the uh, real love is to is to uh, purify them also as necessary.
0: Yes, so yep. stir the muddy riverbed, and this is the true help we give them. And, and then we're there for them when they need us. If they're, if they're rejecting the science or seem to be, you know, you keep on your doing it and learning and growing. And when they're ready for the science, you're there to help them with the science, not with human do-goody, but with the Christ truth. And I, th- I thought this was something Tom sent me, I thought was beautiful, too. A couple of quotes about um, Pleasant View, one from Arthur Brisbane, where he says, extremely simple and unpretentious, a plain little frame dwelling, a plain little frame dwelling, situated rather close to a country roadway on the side of a most beautiful New Hampshire Valley. And then Sybil Wilbur, there is no great palace at Pleasant View, such as is the Vatican at, at Rome There is only a simple cottage home set in a few acres of low fenced ground. That's how Mrs. Eddie lived and did her work. She lived humbly. Didn't she? Yeah. And that was how she was able to do the work. And then Tom questions, you know, how in the world did this retirement home get put in that place? Um. You know, era era is to try to reverse the good. But as long as our thought is clear, it cannot be done. Because one truth is powerful, more powerful than all these other lies that go around, right? Because the lies Mm -hmm. are not true. So we hold on to that. So, so
5: if I may may oh, add to that, uh, uh-huh. you know, if you think about it, you know, you've talked about before about uh, her bedroom and the yeah. simplicity of it. And then uh, the pleasant view, like if it was around today, like it would be a beacon for all Christian scientists to like, um, you know, how to live your life. Would have been thank, wonderful.
0: Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. So... Anyway, in doing all this and getting rid of all this ideas of the January doldrums, we can feel that divine energy of spirit bringing us into newness of life and recognizing no mortal nor material power is able to destroy. This is the energy. It's a divine energy. You can't conjure it up humanly. It's divine. Now, Karen, you wanna tell us what you wrote about God not giving us a spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Yeah,
3: I, I looked this up in my um, student New Testament compilation, and they gave all these translations, and I I never uh, a fear um, the Greek word bondage or slavery. I mean, how many of us have been so we feel like we're in? That's what it feels like when we are so fearful. But the term sound mind, when it... Oh, when the translations are instruction, um, uh, let's see, but admonition, um, I never, I've never had read that as a translation of that sound mind before. And when it said, um, for God has not given us, it's another trans- Moffat's translation, for God has not given us a timid spirit, but a spirit of power and love and discipline. So I have been one that um, if I've felt like I, I've always thought that, you know, if anybody, I don't know, I, I just want to always be corrected or I hope that I don't feel like I don't want to be corrected or, you know, I, um, that's why I said I prayed I have the humility to accept gentle reproof because admonition means gentle reproof, counseling against a fault, instruction in duties, caution and direction. And so I was, I, I hope that I can take it, but to feel like I have to, I can speak up if I need to give gentle and reproof, counseling again, that's where I, that's where I seem to need more strength and courage and to speak up if I feel I need to. But these different translations of fear and, and uh, I thought they were really interesting and but. But that term, a sound mind, admonition, I never I never read that before.
0: Yeah, thank you. Yeah, the one I think we, or I've always worked with is, is a discipline, a sound mind is a disciplined mind too. So, so yes, those are new thoughts about what that means. Admonition, to be able to receive it and also to give it. Discipline, make sure you're a disciplined thought you know people that don't have a sound mind their thoughts are here there everywhere
6: it's called double minded
0: yeah double minded yeah so
6: they're listening to more than one voice
0: yes yeah. and a, and along you know to get rid of the fear this is what has always helped me so much it's in the blue book it's in many books but the blue book 139 Do we not all understand cowardice never conquers to get rid of temptation of any sort or to get out of a difficulty? We are not passive and let the wrong rule the right, but we struggle and thus thus conquer. We should not avoid the things that hurt us, but repeat them and meet them as their superior. Disease is a coward that leaves you when you are not afraid of it. So it tries to bully you and make you afraid, but you cannot, and you've got to knock it down. And then also in the blue book, you cannot run away from a weakness. You must sometime fight it out or perish. And if this be so, why not do it now and where you stand? Yeah. I know I've tried putting off the Day of Reckoning, and it only gets worse, okay? So whatever little strength you have, you take that little strength and you let it work in you until you get more of strength, and it's God working. He is your power and strength, and he maketh your way perfect. You don't let it push you around. It's in Revelation somewhere. Maybe we'll end up talking about it in our Bible class. But about you know, have a little strength. Whatever you got, you use it. Take it. Don't just toss it away and say I'm not strong enough. Um, Beth Neil Young says, when you get at the end of the end of your rope, what do you do? (laughs) Tie a knot, hang hang on. on. Tie a knot and you hang on. (laughs) Hang on. (laughs) And then this also from the Blue Book. (laughs) When a discord is present, remember that when love is pushing upon the sense, evil is aggravated and is forced from unconsciousness <clears throat> to conscious thought. <clears> then <throat> be not afraid at such times. Darkness should be seen as a forerunner of great light. Then we may rejoice at su- such times instead of being filled with fear. <clears throat> and what <clears throat> after this, these gray days of January. What? Spring. Spring. <laughs> Spring, yes. Yes. Beautiful. Yes. Beautiful. Renewal. Renewal, yes. And and even now, all, all of this is taking place, right, Bruce? All under the earth, all the...
5: Yes, it is. Yep. Yeah. You may not it, but there are things being renewed underground. Yes. And it's coming.
0: There are little daffodils outside. Wow. There wow, so are little... little- <laughs> yes and we have a beautiful Shardy's beautiful amaryllis is blooming brightly <laughs> now it's lovely yeah, four. Four, four of them wow wonderful alright well we were going to end in a <laughs> with a nice story from also an article from Carrie
6: and this is uh, <clears throat> from the October 4th nineteen 1900- hundred. Um, issue of the sentinel an unusual prescription in a recent issue of the sentinel we republished from the midland an account of a lady who went to a famous New York physician for medical advice and treatment after giving the doctor a list of her symptoms and answering his questions she was told that she needed to read her Bible more when she demurred, the doctor told her kindly but firmly to go home and read her Bible one hour each day for a month and then come to him again. She was not a little surprised at this unexpected advice from her physician, but finally concluded that as the prescription was not an expensive one,
2: <laughs> <laughs> she might
6: have it. <laughs> At the end of the month, she returned to the doctor's office and declared that she felt like a different person and needed no other medicine. When asked how he knew that that was what she needed, the doctor replied that if he were to omit his daily reading of the Bible, he would lose his greatest source of strength and skill. He said that he never went to an operation or attended a distressing case without reading his Bible. And then he added, your case called not for medicine, but for sources of peace and strength outside your own mind. And I showed you where to find them unfailingly. I gave you my own prescription and I knew it would cure he said there were many cases in his practice where the prescription would work wonders, but only a few were willing to try it. The prescription was certainly a most unusual one for a doctor of medicine to give, and what may seem to be another remarkable thing about it is that it was it was one the doctor had freely administered in his own case. Because he had learned from experience, He knew whereof he spoke. Mm
0: -hmm. So that is always our source of... Yes. Thank you. Thank you all for joining us today. Thank
2: Thank Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.